why the Twins infield defense needs to be a focus for 2023. Twins lose to the Royals. Uh, defensive uh, gaffes all across the board, especially early on in this one. The catching situation in 2023. Jordan Balazovic start tonight for the Saints. What that means. It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been writing at Twins Daily for four seasons, I've been hosting this podcast now for three seasons, and I'm coming to you after a Twins L, def- defensive gaffes all around tonight, especially early on in this game. And I want to open this up for a discussion about the infield defense today. Also the catching situation in 2023, some early thoughts on that. The future in the AL Central, looks like the Guardians are going to win the Central, which is crazy, crazy to say. And then uh, Jordan Balazovic and his rough start uh, for the Saints tonight. I also want to break down what that means for the Twins and just what has been such an unbelievably brutal year for the Twins coming into the year, the Twins' top pitching prospect. The infield defense, you might be surprised. Like you've been watching the Twins this year. They've defensively, yes, they've made made errors. Yes, they've looked ugly at times. But I think your perception, the perception of many Twins fans would be like, it's not a great defense in the infield, but Correa's made some amazing plays. Gio's made some highlight-level plays at third. You know, Arise has been fine at first. Polo's been out for a while, but he's pretty solid at second. So I think the the perception is, that's a decent infield defense, right? And I think the the numbers might surprise you. The Twins, in outs above average, which is a new statistic introduced a couple of years ago by StatCast, measuring how many outs above or below average a player is, and then you can measure it by team. And you can also segment infield, outfield into those spots. The Twins infield is neg- coming into tonight, negative 31 Outs above average this year. That is the worst in the American League by, uh, I think it's by 13 runs or by 12 runs, something crazy. The Rays are next, I believe, in the infield. 31, negative 31 outs above average in the infield. By contrast, their outfield's top five in baseball. Their their outfield outs above average is, is sterling. And you break down these numbers individually. Jorge Polanco at second base, negative nine outs above average. I remember when the Twins moved Polo from short to second after 2019. He was terrible defensively in 2019. I remember when they moved him, it was like, we think this guy can be a gold glove defender at second. That's not the case. And I know Polo's been banged up this year, but he is the worst defender on the team by outs above average. Negative nine at second base, one of the worst defensive second basemen in baseball by that measure. Uh, Gio Urshela is negative six outs above average. Defensive run saved, he's plus three, but outs above average, he's minus six. And what this statistic does is it kind of takes away the whole traditional error argument because there are a lot of plays in baseball. There are more plays in baseball that could go either way or that aren't errors, clearly aren't errors, but a lot of a lot of players would make. A lot of players would make that play or the best players, the best defenders would make that play. So what this stat essentially tries to do is to say, 
you know, a ball to Geo that is not ruled an error and, and by the naked eye doesn't look like an error. Who makes that play? Like, does the average third baseman make that play? And then you measure it against the average. And that's kind of what defensive runs saved. I think that's part of the equation for that too. So it's, it's all built into that. And Gio Urshela is negative six outs above average at third base this year because he has a, he's had a lot of non-errors, but plays that other third baseman would make because he's a little bit slower. His, his range is pretty solid. His range is solid. He's a little bit slower. He'll make some throwing, throwing errors at times. He's negative six, which is surprising. I know because it hasn't looked like that, but that's, that's the number. Jose Miranda at first base is negative three outs above average and negative four defensive runs saved. Carlos Correa, negative three outs above average, two plus two in defensive runs saved. Carlos Correa saved uh, 20 runs defensively, I believe, last year. I want to confirm that number. Defensive runs saved last year. Carlos Correa, there's a reason he won the Platinum Glove. It's not because of his fielding percentage. It's because his everything checks out. He saved 20. Defensive runs saved, he was plus 20. Outs above average, he was plus 12. This year, he's negative three and outs above average, and he's only saved a pair of runs defensively. I think I've been impressed by his defense. Like, we've seen some amazing plays from him, but last year, he was incredible. And overall, this infield defense ain't good and hasn't been good this year. And I don't see how that can improve without, like, an overhaul of your infield. Because Polo, Polo's got to play somewhere, unless, like, you move Jorge Polanco. I don't see that happening. You know, Jose Miranda needs a spot. Uh, he's probably got to play first because that third, I'm, I'm scared of Miranda at third. You know, Gary Sanchez and Ryan Jeffers behind the dish. It, it was okay at that time. I think they really like Jeffers. He's plus four defensive run saved as a catcher. And then you're losing Correa at short if you if they don't bring him back. You know, he's going to opt out and you're going to lose him to free agency unless you offer him a huge contract. Whoever you fill in for Carlos Correa, you're going to feel worse about defensively, even if he has had a down year. And that's why I'm so hip for more than one reason, obviously, on the Twins bringing back Carlos Correa on a huge contract because you just cement him in at short. And defensively, his track record shows you that he's an incredible defender. And there's no reason to believe that these numbers aren't just a little bit of an outlier this year, right? He's 27 years old. It's it's a down year defensively. It's a down year with runners in scoring position. But I'm willing to bet that Correa is going to be just fine. It's just unfortunate that in his likely one season with the Twins, it's a down year defensively, and it's a down year with runners in scoring position, um, especially in the first half and plus of the season for him with runners in scoring position. And I would say defensively. So it's one of the worst infields in baseball defensively, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to fix it. You look at the outfield, Max Kep, unless like those guys improve, and that's possible. You know, Miranda has a lot of room to grow at first. He has less experience at first, you know. Gio Rochelle is probably not going to get any better. Maybe Polo could. That's what I mean. I just don't know where this can improve for 2023. In the outfield, they, they've been excellent. Max Kepler leads all right fielders with 12 outs above average. Byron Buxton, eight outs above average. Gilberto Celestino even with four. Nick Gordon has one. I mean, he's positive in the outfield. So outfield, they've been great. Infield, not so great at all. The Cleveland Guardians are closing in on the American League Central. What does the catching situation look like? My early thoughts on that for the Twins and then Jordan Balazovic and the future of the American League Central. We'll finish with that after this word from Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. 
consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Shoes tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. The Cleveland Guardians whooped up on the Chicago White Sox tonight. At guaranteed raid field, they took the first two games of that series. The White Sox are six back with 13 to play, and the Guardians have the tiebreaker. The Sox are done. This is the Guardians division. It's pretty much wrapped up here, which, wow. Wow on so many levels. Wow preseason especially. Looking back, Guardians, division champs, what happened? I would have guessed they they had like this incredible season where they won 95 or 100 games because I really did not think the White Sox were going to have this type of season. And I thought the Twins would be ab- above 500 team and there looks like they're going to be a below 500 team this year. So that would have been my first guess. That's crazy. I mean, that's wild preseason. And I will eat crow here. I really didn't see the Guardians as a threat in the Central. And, and that spanned as far as, you know, August even where I was thinking and saying, I don't think that the Guardians are going to win the Central. I just don't think it's going to happen. They're too young. They, they've had too much batted ball luck. You know, they, the runners in scoring position numbers, those are going to come back down to earth. And what they've done is they've they've played better than the entire division combined in August and September. It's simple what they've done. They, they've saved their best baseball for right now. And I, I will say, like, I was dead wrong about Cleveland, especially preseason, like especially preseason. I said they'd finish around 500 and they're not going to be, you know, 20 games above 500. They're going to win probably 90 games. But even that is a very surprising outcome. And it, it was a very surprising outcome in March, in April, in May, in June, all the way down the line for them. So credit to the Guardians. They play their brand of baseball. They have an excellent manager, probably the best manager in baseball. And they, uh, they're they going to get it done. And they found a way with a very young group. And on, on that front, I'm impressed. On the White Sox front, I am borderline shocked about how this played out. I still thought, I still thought, even a week or two ago, I still thought the Sox are coming. You know, La Russa left. The Sox started playing great baseball under Miguel Cairo. They're starting to hit home runs, what they were built to do. Aloy Jimenez is crushing. Jose Abreu's had an excellent year. They're finally starting to hit. And it fell apart when it mattered. Their defense was awful, is awful tonight. It's been awful all year. And their flaws outweighed their their pluses. Like their flaws outweighed their strengths. They didn't play to their strengths and their flaws were too prominent to, to get over. And it's it's wild to watch this. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch the Guardians, I guess, like see what they can do in October. But it's, it's frustrating. Like it's it's frustrating as a Twins fan because – I did feel like this was attainable. It was. The Twins had a five-game lead in this division, you know, not even two months ago. This was attainable. This could be them. This could have been the Twins, and it's not. And I think that's why, you know, I was frustrated yesterday. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated about how this is playing out. Because, yes, the Twins have had a lot of injuries, but it's no excuse to just crumble and now be three games below 500, losing to the Royals in Kansas City. I know the season's over, 
but what are we doing? Like, it can't be this bad. It's this bad. And I, I just, I was hoping for so much more in the second half. And we didn't get anything close to what we were hoping for as Twins fan, fans. Nothing close to that. And Guardian, the Guardians, credit to them. You know, their fans are getting exactly what, what we were looking for, which is a team that really showed up to play when the games mattered and, and really played their best baseball in the most important stretch of the year. And that's, they've put the twins away. They put the white Sox away and they're going to win the central crazy. What does this mean? I mean, what does this mean for the future? They have one of the best farm systems in the league, the guardians, and they have one of the best young cores already, you know, with Naylor and with Steven Kwan and with Andres Jimenez, who's had a six and a half win season. And they have Jose Ramirez on an extension and they have great pitching and a great pitching pipeline with Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie and Cal Quantrill's had a great second half and they have guys coming scary. It's scary. I, I was just on with Brandon Warren on our postcast. Check that out. If you want more twins talk with Brandon, who's great. Of course, I was just on with him and I said, Brandon, could the guardians be what we thought the white Sox would be, which is a, a very, very good team for a long time. It's possible that that's, that's who they are. And where do the twins fit into that? They don't have what the Guardians have. They don't have it. What they do have is, is more payroll flexibility, but what did that do for them? What did that do for the White Sox this year? The Sox spent $200 million. The Guardians spent 70 and, and they just embarrassed the White Sox in Chicago and have embarrassed the White Sox all year. They beat them 11 times. They still got one more to play. They could go, what is it, 12 and 7 against the Sox this year. Where do the Twins fit into that? I mean, they don't have the farm system. They don't have the the young core on the roster. They would if they could stay healthy. You know, if they were healthy and they had Lewis and Kirilov and Larnick and Miranda and Arise and all those guys offensively, you'd feel good. And on the pitching staff, if they were healthier, if Cantorino was healthy, if Balazov was healthy, if some of these guys would have broken through at the major league level more than we thought they would like winder, not Varland as much, but winder, especially it's, it's tough. I mean, it's a tough thing to watch and it's a tough thing to kind of swallow this year uh, because it was right in front of the twins. It was right in front of them this year. And, and they just, they collapsed in a way that is beyond an excuse of injuries in my mind. It really is. There's, there's no excuse to even after you're eliminated, go to Kansas city and look like this defensively, offensively all around. I mean, across the board, it's just ugly. It's ugly. The catching situation, the catching situation is an under, under focused or underrated in a way. Uh, I wouldn't say issue, but it's an underrated calamity for the twins in 2023. I'll be very intrigued to see what they do. Ryan Jeffers hit a home run for the saints tonight. I do think the Jeffers injury was a big hit. I think the two, obviously the Buxton injury, obviously like Larnick hurts, obviously Tyler Malley hurts. I think the two more underrated injuries were Jeffers and Kirilov because that's a left-handed bat and a right-handed bat. And part of your young core, what you hoped was your young core done for the year when it really mattered, you know, in the last month and a half. So I would say those two injuries, especially hurt the twins. I'm confident in Ryan Jeffers defensively. I think you know, game calling, he's just rave reviews. You can, you kind of take that at face value because what are the pitchers going to say? Like, oh, I hate pitching to him. I mean, they just won't pitch to him or they'll say, I don't want to pitch to him if they don't like him. But they love Ryan Jeffers. You know, the staff loves Ryan Jeffers. And 
he's he's a good framer. He he's a good defensive catcher. He is. And I know teams run on him constantly, and that's something he needs to improve on. We saw some hints of that before he got hurt, improving on that. And and the group as a whole has gotten better at that as the years gone on, it seemed. Uh, but offensively, he's kind of streaky. You know, he goes through those streaks, and you see like there were there were a lot of complaints, and I understood why about Jeffers and his offensive struggles at the beginning of the season. In the first couple of months of the year, he was hitting like two hundred two and with barely any power. I understood that until you see Sandy Leon at the plate, and then you think, "Hey, I would love to have Ryan Jeffers back. I would love to have Jeffers back." Even Sanchez, seeing Gary, who's going to be a free agent, it makes you want Ryan Jeffers back because he's better offensively than both those guys, and. We'll see what they do. I mean, I've made it I've made it clear. Like, if you are going to give up a bunch of offense in multiple spots, third base with Gio, God love Gio. He's had a solid year, but you're giving up offense there with him. Right field with Max Kepler, you're giving up way too much. And I I, I think that's a no-brainer for them next year to try to find somebody to take Kepler. Right field, you're giving it up. You're giving it up at first base with Luis Arise, and you're giving it up at catcher. If you only have right, if you have Jeffers and Leon, you're giving it up at catcher because Leon's starting you know, 30, 40% of those games, essentially. And if Jeffers gets hurt, you're in big trouble. Is it Leon Hamilton? So I think the Twins need to go out and get a, a better bat. Like Omar Narvaez is going to be a free agent. Makes so much sense to me. Milwaukee Brewers, left-handed, at least has some power. And we'll get to these guys in the offseason as we look at holes and we look at free agent targets. I promise all of that's coming. But Narvaez... He's had a bad year, 215, 300 on base percentage, 322 slug. That is still better, certainly better than what you're getting from Sandy Leone and almost comparable to what you're getting from, from uh, Gary Sanchez. But in his career, Narvaez is a career 260 hitter, 345 on base, slugging 389, uh, above average OPS plus for him. So I think he signed through 2022, one year, $5 million this year. Someone like him, I don't think you can bring Sandy Leone back next year. It's just, you're just giving weight. He just can't hit. There's a difference between not hitting and not hitting. Like Gary Sanchez can't hit. He hasn't hit this year, really. Sandy Leone legitimately cannot hit. If he gets a hit, you're like, whoa. And it shouldn't be that way. I get it. He's he's just as much as Jeffers, more. He has a track record of being a great defensive catcher, calling great games. You, I, I just can't, I can't stand that much of a hole in the lineup. It reminds me very much this is unfair to Sandy because I think he's done a great job, but this reminds me of Anderson Simmons and just the hole that they had in that lineup with him and how frustrating it is to see such ineptitude offensively. I, and for Simmons, like it was even more frustrating because he was touted as this, Oh, he's a generational shortstop defensively. He was terrible. And, and Sandy, you know, hats off to Sandy for stepping into a tough situation. I, again, I think these pitchers have loved throwing to him think he seems like an awesome guy and I think he will continue to have a career because of the reasons I mentioned because he is an awesome guy and because pitchers love throwing to him I need more offense out of my catcher could it be Wilson Contreras probably not could it be Omar Narvaez probably I mean why not why not go get somebody like him I think he makes a ton of sense as a, a backup option for Jeffers and and more of a platoon where he's starting against righties and Jeffers you can start against righties and Narvaez is starting, you know, every other righty, you can go 70-30 in favor of Jeffers, even with a left-handed backup. So uh, we'll see what happens there. We got a lot of off-season stuff coming up. I was working last night on a list of off-season topics, and we will go over those, and I promise you we will have enough content 
to fill up two off seasons because we always do this. It'll be off season number four for me on the podcast. And every single year we, we break it down. I, I make a promise. The twins will not sign or trade for anybody you didn't hear about first on the podcast. And I will make that promise again this off season. That's an ugly loss. That's ugly defense. That's an ugly team out there in Kansas city. Just try to win with some dignity. I mean, I would just love to see them try to go out and win. I guess it doesn't matter, but it does to me. Like I want to come on here and talk about wins. I want, I want them to win. Of course. I don't, there's no point in losing getting a higher draft pick. Doesn't mean anything in baseball. Try to try to win these games. Guardians are going to win the central congrats to them. Um, and this is uh this is getting ugly. Three games below 500 for the Twins. We'll be back with a post game Thursday. Join me then. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Now make your second listen the Lockdown MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and as always, go Twins!